Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hello, hello, everybody. What's happening? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> Words I never thought I'd say in my previous life. Uh, so what's happening? Pop in, say hi. Let me know who's watching and from where. got a we've got a good one tonight i think well i try not to do crappy ones so maybe i could say that for everyone hey nicole um oh yeah speaking of which i just saw facebook so let me set my settings on this live okay so hopefully i can see all the Posts. So, yeah, here we are. January. Hey, Deanna. Yeah, so so tonight, you know, it's I don't know. Today tonight was a little bit weird. The the I started thinking about some ideas and then I kind of let it go and then this stuff started coming in. So Hey, I'm going to take it as a good sign. And it's my son's birthday, so that's always a good thing. So there's good mojo in the air. So uh, we're going to uh, we're going to take this as a good sign <laughs> that, that this is going to be a Lulu. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so let's just dive into it. What the heck, you know? Um, what I was getting was... Um, I kind of, you know, I mean, of course I do my own work. So I kind of dropped into a little bit of a funk last night after something didn't, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, as something didn't go my way. And then um, the funk kind of continued on today. And I was just, I was trying to get out of it. Um, and I was having difficulty getting out of it. Unfortunately, I, I got out of it. But, um, the, as I was getting out of it, it was the kind of the efforting, you know, I, I was kind of dropping. So this is, this is, this is kind of how it got birthed, which I didn't know this at the time, but a couple hours later, this all came to fruition when information started flowing through me. But when I was in my own funk, I was kind of trying to get out. And then I was just going, you know, I have to release the resistance to it. You know, it doesn't really feel good, the space I'm in, but I need to let go of the resistance and just be a little bit. And I was, and I was laying there dropping into that. And I'm doing this, um, 
this meditation course and I go in there and a couple emails popped out and I started reading through the emails and the emails were because I, I was like, okay, all I can focus on is spiritual stuff because I, I don't want to think about anything else. Um, so I started looking at some spiritual stuff to see how that would land. And, um, and it was talking about the, uh, the meditation and the course and how it people usually try too hard, how people usually try too hard. That's what it was talking about. So of course, you know, as soon as it said that it dropped, I dropped into my own work around that and my own understandings around that. And there, it, it, we really just, <laughs> we, we try so hard, man. We try so hard at so many things and we put so much pressure on ourselves and, and it's, it's insane. And, you know, I mean, I talk about the mentality that, you know, I, I say this a lot, spiritual terms are non-efforting, you know, so that it's not, Spiritual terms are things like allow, forget, remember, open. Um, so you can't go sit down and try to do one of those real hard. You know, the harder you try to remember, the, you know, the less likely you're going to remember. <laughs> and then go try to forget. You think remembering's hard. Go try to forget. <laughs> That's even harder. So, so, you know, it's along those lines, which of course I teach this, but it kind of dropped into on a, on another level. And when it, when it came up hours later, I started kind of going, it, it felt like an idea for a podcast. So I just started paying attention to it a little bit more and getting the same understandings I've had for years in different ways, um, which is always helpful, you know, just, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you guys aren't aware of this. Maybe you are, but I'm going to say it because it just popped into my head. Um, like I've been teaching, you know, learning and teaching and, and, and deepening my comprehension for 18 years, over 18 years, 19 years, something. Um, and I always get things at a deeper level or a different different way of phrasing things. It often comes that way. And it's just, it's not that we don't understand it. It's just, it takes our understanding to a deeper level, you know, so we can apply it in more areas or we can latch on to the spiritual understanding of the lesson deeper. Because what a lot of what we're doing, what I'm going to be talking about is letting go of, of what we're la latched onto in life. So now we have to, you know, what are we going to latch on to? Well, we have to latch on to stuff that's healthier, stuff that's going to bring us a healthy life. You know, so, you know, it's often discussed in addiction about suffering, you know, and people hitting bottom and all that stuff. And it's the, the longer I am outside of the addiction circles, as far as like, I don't go to, 12 step meetings or, you know, I, I don't participate in the 12 step program 
with other people the way it's laid out anymore. I did for many years and I got to know it very well. And I think it's amazing program. Um, but I don't participate in that way. Um, I participate in my own way and it's, you know, understanding things deeper and implementing them. And I just lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, so I don't, <laughs> it might come back. It might not. I forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah. It's coming back. So the, oh, oh, it was the addiction thing. Oh, hitting bottom. That's what it was. So hitting bottom with the addiction, you know, more people are, um, know that about addicts, but they don't understand that that's often they don't understand. That's what it's like, like with non-addicts or what we would label as is non-addicts. Um, hey, Nancy. So it's, it's not, you know, there are not that many differences between alcoholics or addicts of any kind and what we would label as normal people, you know, people without obvious addiction problems. We're kind of all addicted to something. We're addicted to distraction. We're addiction. We're addicted to acquiring things. We're addicted to uh, drama. We're addicted. We're addicted to all kinds of things. We're addicted to dysfunctional life. We're addicted to a lot of this stuff and we don't label it as addiction. And the, the more you look at it, the, the problems that the entire world is suffering with are very, you know, or the, the developed worlds especially are, um, they're very similar in structure to addictions because people latched on to things and they latched on to things in ways that are unhealthy and are damaging their lives and they're continuing to do it. Um, now, granted, you know, usually they don't know another way, but a lot of addicts don't know another way that they, they don't know. Like when I was drinking for 20 years, like I, I wasn't sitting there going, yes, well, I could straighten my life out and live a happy life if I quit drinking. Like people... Uh, people said that to me, but I mean, I didn't believe it. My whole, I thought the alcohol was keeping me together. I thought it was keeping me sane. I didn't think it was preventing me from being sane because it was you know, the only thing that, you know, the only time I felt okay was when I was drinking. So of course, you know, I'm not going to view it that way. Even if people are telling you that they can't climb inside of you and understand the way you have structured and figured out reality. You know, and, and everybody does that. Hey, buddy. Thanks for joining. So, so every, we all do this. We all structure our lives in certain ways. And this is, and, and a lot of it doesn't work. And, you know, there is a mass awakening hap happening on the earth and more people are searching to the, you know, <laughs> some, some people might think that that sounds like, Ooh, you know, it, it's just, people are searching for happiness. People are searching for fulfillment. People are searching for a way of life that where they feel contented and peaceful and loved and loving. Like these are the things that people are looking for. And it wasn't always like this. I mean, of course, our people always wanted to be happy in life, but they didn't really have that much control. 
you know, like, I mean, when the caste system was in place, people weren't, you know, like going and saying, well, yeah, I'm not going to be a bricklayer. I'm going to be an artist because that feeds my soul. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, this and, and I mean, even our parents and our grandparents, I mean, listen to what they say even to this day when they talk about like work or what life looks like a lot of it. I mean, you know, unless their 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 uh, mentality has evolved to some degree, uh, most people, the majority say things like, you know, well, you, you know, life is hard and, you know, and and yeah, you got to struggle to 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 achieve anything and and all this stuff. And we're getting away from that. And it, there's a new you know, this is how the awakening is happening is is it's this 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 inner bubbling up that that there has to be more and when when you have this bubbling up that you're like oh my god life can't just be like this like i mean you know in, in the beginning it looks probably like i i don't like my life so i want to go try something right <laughs> so so then then you kind of start branching out then you might start looking into spirituality or you might start Believe it or not, sometimes when you're on the spiritual path, your your suffering can increase. And it's because it has to capture your attention. That's what suffering does. Like suffering doesn't, there isn't suffering just for suffering. Suffering is there for a purpose, just like everything else. Suffering is suffering and it's not happening to us. It's not even happening for us. We're doing it to ourselves. There is a natural consequence to whatever we do. All right. So like it's that's all it is. I mean, this is why like I happen to believe in a loving God, but you don't have to. It doesn't matter. You can believe in an impersonal universe that just wants to expand. It doesn't matter. All it matters is, is that, you know, I mean, maybe at some point you might need to believe in a loving God to 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 take your spirituality to another level? Maybe not. Who knows? Like, but, but suffering is just a, a nature's result when you're not in alignment with it. That's all. It's, it, it, you know, it's not some external force doing something to you. It's just like if, if there's an animal out in the wild and nature's law basically says you have to take in energy to continue living. Right. So so what what does that mean for a wild animal? Food and needs to eat. Right. So if if a wild animal just goes, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I don't I don't feel like hunting. I don't or I don't feel like grazing. I don't feel like uh, going through the effort to eat. Then it starts starving, right? And then its body starts shutting down and having problems, which causes pain. And that pain is going, hey, dude, like I'm shutting down. I can't continue living if you don't give me some food. So, <laughs> so, that's, so it starts physically suffering. So this is what's happening. You know, this is this is an example of the suffering that I'm talking about. It's just being out of alignment with nature. We're we're not doing 
what we're supposed to be doing. We're not in alignment with, with living the way we're supposed to be living. So therefore suffering increases. It's just a natural byproduct. When, when you align yourself with, with life, the, the, you don't suffer. When we're out of alignment with life is when we suffer, you know? So if you're, you know, like I said, I think sometimes when we're on a spiritual path, it might be even worse suffering <laughs> sometimes, maybe, um, because you're already you're already trying to be a good person. You're, you're already trying to do some work on yourself. Right. And so and, and you've already done some. So you've already like your eyes popped open to another way and you're aware that there's peace and love on this planet and in your heart in a way that you didn't even know existed before you started waking up and you probably tasted it and had moments of clarity of understanding going, Oh my God, I get it now. And that's very empowering and exciting. And, 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 and we think we found the key to life, you know, and then we have these moments uh, in meditation or just in life following maybe one of those awakenings. Um, and, and, and we're like, Oh, like, and we're experiencing so much love and, and, and peace that we didn't even know was available that like, we think that that's the new norm. Now we're going to feel like this forever. And then we don't, and we don't know what we're doing wrong. And then suffering starts. Hey, Sarah. So, you know, and suffering starts and, and we start suffering again. And sometimes that can be worse because we think we're doing everything, you know, like when <laughs> I, I've said this many a time, many times before when I was drinking, like the, you know, uh, a snapshot of my life was like I was an alcoholic maniac for 20 years. And then, well, actually in that 20 years, um, like I, I didn't really try to play by the rules. I didn't really try to fit in the society. I was doing my own thing. And then when I hit 30, I actually tried to fit in, you know, like I, I, I cut back on the drinking. I got married. I had a kid. I bought a house, had a new car in the driveway, had started a business, subcontracting some personal training out. And, you know, so I, 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 I did everything society told me to do and I was even more unhappy. And that was like, that was the beginning of my end because I was like, Oh my God, like I expected to be happy when I was an alcoholic maniac because that's kind of built in, you know, like, I mean, it's just, that that's just how it is. It's, you know, <laughs> you can't live a dysfunctional lifestyle. That's obviously dysfunctional at some point you kind of accept that there's a certain level of suffering in it. I mean, it's, you know, you're not necessarily fully trying to avoid suffering when you're an alcoholic. You just, you just use the booze for that. You know, <laughs> So, so it's when, but when you're, so what I'm saying is like when you're suffering as an alcoholic and then you pull yourself together and you and you're still suffering you're like well wait a minute here i tried it that way now i tried it this way and as far as you know there's only two ways either with society or with against society you tried them both and there's no happiness that's a big problem now you're like does it even exist you know that's how i was so this can happen on our spiritual paths too we start doing this stuff and then all of a sudden we hit these pockets of suffering and we're like Oh my God, like, you know, is this, is this actually 
you know, this suffering is like, I I'm on a spiritual path. I'm not supposed to be suffering. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then all of a sudden we can stop feeling, we can drop into the victim mode even more. I've done everything I could. I, I can't count how many times I've said this on the spiritual path. I've done everything that I could, you know, and then eventually I always find a way to go deeper. So of course, you know, one of the th reasons why I do what I do is because a lot of the things that I've learned, I learned the hard way. <laughs> I still have a tendency to do that, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so I'd like to share it with you guys. So hopefully it can be a little bit easier. So when you're suffering, and again, don't pay attention to these uh, YouTube comments. I mean, the ones that are obviously good comments yes but these these other things that are um popping up they're just spam so don't worry about it <clears throat> um my point here is getting into the you know i think that was a, an, enough pre-game let's get on with the game it's um hey melissa thank you <clears throat> the the, the meat of what I'm talking about is that when you, how do you know when you just, you've suffered enough or what do you, if you're suffering, what can you look for to try to stop? And what I was getting was I was seeing this, like really when, when you're suffering enough, like if you're, <laughs> if you're curled up in a ball suffering, right. And you just can't take it anymore. Where do like where do you almost naturally go to eventually? Like once you've really suffered enough, you start dropping into surrender. Which here's a little uh, another little tidbit. If you drop, if you're in this place now or in the future, there's a difference between giving up and surrendering. Okay, so when you're oscillating there and you're overwhelmed and you can't take it anymore, just remember there's a difference between giving up and surrendering. So when you're there, lean into the direction of surrendering. How do you do that? You probably try to focus on the word surrender and try to let go of the word give up because this is, you know, this is a... This, well, it's it's in alignment with another spiritual law, and and it's it's the old detachment and unattachment difference. Like detached is I'm giving up, uh, I'm not playing. You know, I'm. I mean, <laughs> I always remember Michael Bernard Beckwith doing this in his movie. Um, I'm not playing. Uh, I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'm not participating. I give up. I detach. Right. That's what we we don't want to do. That. What we want to do is we want to surrender so in, or be unattached. Unattached is unattached to a lot of things, unattached to the outcome. Um, so we want to be unattached. We want to surrender over. And this is, this is really what enlightenment is. This is what, and, and, you know, after I was listening to some, some good spiritual tunes and, um, 
this song came on and as soon as it started i was like oh i like this one and it's just this music but there's this person talking in the background every once in a while during, throughout the song and and uh and i like what they say and this was where i was getting I, I i got like two or three different reinforcements that's why i'm doing this topic but that song came on and uh it talks about do you want to know what enlightenment is and it's about letting go of everything like detaching from everything from from what well outcomes the way things are judgments these are the things that we need to let go of and when you're really suffering enough like so the, this is how sometimes people ask me how do you know when somebody's ready and usually I say, well, it's easy. It's because they understand what I'm saying. And that's true. Okay. But this is along those lines. How do I know when somebody's really ready? Like when they've suffered enough, when, when they're right at that pocket of change, because sometimes they can be close to that pocket and that's fine. I can still work with them. Right. But like when somebody's really, really ready is when basically everything that I'm saying, they're taking it in without questioning it. And why do they do that? It's because they've suffered enough. That's why. Hey, Rick, thanks for joining. Um, so it's, you know, this is, when they've suffered enough, people don't resist you. When you're offering solution, people don't resist. Why? Because they've let go of their attachments. So I was sitting there and I was contemplating this and I think I'm just going to rip through some of this stuff because I jot, I started jotting down uh, notes and it's like, if you, if you haven't suffered enough, you hang on to things. If you've suffered enough, you begin to let go of them. And some of these things are, are the acquisition of material things. You know, the, uh, the acquisition of them, like we we have material things there's nothing wrong with material things there's something wrong with our attachment to them and there's something even bigger wrong with our attachment to the acquiring of these material things like they make us more than ourselves so we start letting go of that so these things uh jobs that don't serve us being right these are things that people hold on to and make them suffer and then as they've had enough suffering, you, you, start, you start seeing them let go of these things. They start like letting go of these things when they've suffered enough. So if you're, if you're right there, you're suffering, and you're like, I don't want to suffer anymore. Start letting go of this stuff. And when you hit a pocket of resistance, work through that. Otherwise, you're going to continue suffering. So this is, you know, like like um, being right. Okay, well, we'll this is, I'll use this for an example. So like when somebody is suffering, um, like let's say they, they, they're having a, a problem in their, their relationship and they, they know they're right. And like you talk to them and you go, hey, maybe it's not that important if you're right. They somebody who hasn't suffered enough is not ready to let go. They will defend their right to suffer more. They will defend their right to be right instead of happy. 
So they'll be like, no, you don't understand, man. Like uh, she did this and, and she did that. She did that. It's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, that, that's more important. Now you have that same conversation with somebody that has suffered enough. You go, well, do you really need to be right? Well, maybe not. Maybe we can just agree to disagree. Maybe we, you know, maybe I can just be like, okay, she sees it like this. I need to accept that and stop trying to get her to, to, to admit I'm right or to, to think that I'm right. Maybe I can just accept her perspective as it is. And maybe she can accept mine and we can move on past this. Do you see how, like, once somebody has an open mind, like, I, I think we used to, like, think this was a personality trait or something. And maybe it was at some point, but the, the, now with people awakening and so much change going on in the world, this is just what change looks like when, you know, so we hang on to these things. We hang on to relationships that don't serve us, romantic friendships, family. We hang on to homes that no longer serve us. We, or, or we, or, or that's, or it's sucking the joy out of our lives because we're working two jobs. We never see our children, but we have to keep this house. It's like that. It's not working for you. <laughs> you know Why? Because I want to give my kids a good upbringing. They don't see you. Like, how is that a good upbringing? You know, so uh, even sentimental things, people, the more, if, if you're, if you're talking with somebody that's very spiritual and somebody that um, isn't spiritual at all, let's say, if you start talking to them about letting go of something sentimental, that's my confirmation bell. Um, if you start talking about letting go of something sentimental, they're like, oh my God, I can't do that. That's ridiculous. Absolutely not. It's very, very important to me. Now you talk with somebody that suffered a lot and you go, well, maybe, you know, that memory is inside of you. You're not going to lose that. You know, maybe it's just time to let go of this material reminder of that memory because, you know, it's not serving you. You're, you're paying $400 for a storage unit for your grandmother's furniture that you haven't used in 32 years. And you can't really afford the storage unit anymore. Maybe you should get rid of it. <laughs> You know, you'll still love your grandmother. You'll still have all the memories of her. You can even keep a thing or two. But, you know, like, so when you start talking with people that have suffered enough, they start understanding that letting go can make sense and it doesn't make them less of themselves. Unconsciously, we think that if, if we let go of things then we're going to be less than ourselves. You know, this, this is what's un insane. This is where like, like if you follow this stuff all the way down, this is where it lands is that we, this is how marketing works. This is why advertising works this is because people go in there and, and like unconsciously, it's all unconscious, of course, but unconsciously, why do you think they use celebrities for advertising because unconsciously people want to be them. I want to be famous. I want to be good looking. I want to have money. <laughs> right? So they use them to sell their products because unconsciously we're going to, somebody's going, Oh, I could be like them if I have this product, you know? 
So they use that in, in, in this marketing. Hey, Robin. Oh, I think I saw the connection. Must be Rick. <laughs> uh, cool. So these things that we hold on to, ideas of who we're supposed to be, like traditional roles, father, mother, friend, employer, employer, employee, you know, we have these traditional roles of what those things look like unconsciously. And we try to be them. Every mistake I made was when I was trying to be a good father. Everyone. When I let go of the concept of father and just dropped into my spirituality and said, like, what would love do? That was when I did these amazing parental things that I look back on and go, wow, that definitely wasn't me. That was spirit working through me. <laughs> you know, that was when I did the right things, when it was spontaneous and wasn't in an alignment with some unconscious programming of what I thought a father was supposed to be. So when we like, we have to let go of these things. We're, we're attached to all these things unconsciously. What we think we need the way others should act, the way I should act. What you didn't get in this lifetime. What you think you're supposed to get. Do you know, you know, this happens a lot with uh, parents. Um, sometimes our parent wasn't there or they were there, but they didn't love us the way we needed to be loved or they weren't there at all. Or they were there for a while and then they died or they left or, you know, all, all these different things that, you know, a lot of times it's around that, but it, it can be around a lot of things. Um, I grew up in an apartment. I, I see on TV and all my friends had houses. I didn't get to grow up in a house. I didn't have a yard to play in. Somebody grew up in the city. Well, I didn't get to ride a horse and run in the grass when I was a kid. Somebody grows up in the country. Well, I, uh, you know, I didn't get to play in a fire hydrant growing up. That looked cool. You know, like oftentimes we, we latch onto these things we didn't get in our life. Or we had for a while and we lost and we're attached to them and they drag us down. They hold us back. And we have to let go of that stuff. It's like you have to play the cards you're dealt. You don't, you know, like it, you don't need. <laughs> like I literally like I grew up in a, a really good family. I mean, seriously, like this. And, and it took me <laughs> it took me a while to figure out why I was so messed up because my family was so functional from the external perspective. But it was just because I was different than them. So there was a disconnect. Even though I knew they loved me, I couldn't feel it really. I couldn't quite connect in the way that I wanted to because I was overly, uh, not overly, I was very sensitive. So it's, you know, so it took me a while to understand these dynamics. And then once I did, I was like, oh my God, everybody has this version of this dynamic. You know, everybody didn't get something that they thought they wanted or that they thought they needed. Everybody did. It's like, it's why? Because we live in a dysfunctional world, man. You know, like, <laughs> like, I mean, how can you literally take like four generations of people and tell them that if they go sit at a desk for six or eight hours a day, 
for 12 years and then they go to college and spend as much money as they can on college and do the same thing for another four years, then they'll be happy. And people believed it. <laughs> Some kids are still doing it today. I mean, that's absurd. It has nothing to do with happiness. And we're not robots. Like there's not a, <laughs> there's not an assembly line for happiness. Do this and do this and do this. And it looks the same for everyone. Like, um, so these things that we latch on to are not really, you know, the, the, it's the unconsciousness is embedded in our society. Most people are unhappy. Most things we do in life, such as schooling, jobs, um, how we spend our time, uh, all out of whack, dysfunctional. They don't actually achieve what we want to achieve because they're not in alignment with, with us. <laughs> so this is all stuff that we're attached to. Let me see if there's anything else. Yeah, what you don't have, what you think you deserve. So this is, this is all the stuff that we're attached to. Outcomes. Oh, if I, if I work long enough, I'll get a promotion. I didn't get the promotion. That's crap. The amount of suffering that comes out of that. You know, so once we really hit this pocket of, of um, suffering, when you're sitting there suffering, Instead of dropping fully into the suffering, what you can do is start asking yourself an empowering question or empowering questions. So you can go, am I ready to let go of this? Because it's your attachment to it that's causing the suffering. You can take any one of these things. If I let go of um, the fact that like uh, growing up, I grew up in a good family with nice people, but I didn't get what I need. Oh, so I got ripped off. I was that close, man. Like I actually had the good family, but I couldn't feel it. Oh, what a burn. As soon as I let go of that, the suffering's gone. As soon as I accept like, okay, that's just how it was. It's just, you know, this is my growing edge. This is what I need to work through. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's not a hindrance, hindrance. It's actually an asset. Like, I can go back. I can understand other people. I can have compassion for what other people are going through because I made peace with my own. So we, as soon as we let go of these things, um, jobs that don't serve us, we're attached to them. Go get a different one. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, and most people can. Very few people, very few people is it impossible to change your career. Very few. Um, but if you're still arguing with me, well, then you haven't suffered enough. Because eventually, once you've suffered enough, you let go. And you will. So start asking yourself, have I suffered enough? Am I willing to let go yet? Or is holding on to this stuff more important than my happiness? 
That's what it comes down to. When, when we start letting go, when we start letting go of this stuff on a deep level, and I, I'm kind of, I'm talking here, okay? And, and I don't know if that's <laughs> because that's what I'm supposed to be doing or if that's because like as far as this is what people need to hear right now or if I'm going to be going deeper a little bit further on. But I, I'm going with the flow with, with what's being fed through me. So we'll see. But when you start letting go of this stuff, you start finding out that you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need. I, I play worst case scenario with people all the time that are, that, that are caught in fear. So if you have fear around something, right, follow it all the way through to its conclusion. So like when I was going to go start my business, uh, Mateo had just moved in with me full time. So now I could get food stamps, which was good because I needed it. <laughs> so, um, so I'm collecting food stamp. Now all of a sudden I finish my purse. I mean, my uh, life coaching certification. I get to start this business. I find this building that, that comes slapping into my lap. Now all of a sudden I have to double my rent payment for a business space and the living space above it. Like fear came up, of course. What am I, what, what are you thinking, dude? You can't pay your bills now. Now you're going to come up with some hypothetical business plan and you're going to quit your job and go there. Like, come on, you know, but like, so fear came up. So I had to follow it all the way through to its conclusion. Okay. Mateo just moved in with me. What's going to happen if this bails and well, I'll, I'll, I'll move to a studio apartment, but my brain was like, well, that's not worst case scenario. Okay, well, then what if I can't, what, what if a homeless? Well, Mateo has friends, you know, he's grown up in this city his whole life. And, you know, he's got friends that, and families that we've known that we can trust. So he could probably live at a friend's house for a couple of weeks. I could sleep in my car and then I could get a, I, I could find a job doing something. And then I could get a studio apartment and we could live in that. And it's not about whether I want to experience that. Of course, I didn't want to be homeless, but it was like, if the worst thing happened, would I be able to handle it? I was like, yeah, I mean, I've been homeless and drunk before homeless with my head on straight with a kid to take care of keeping me responsible and stuff. I think I'll, I think I'll find a way, you know, so it's like, oh, OK, I'll find a way. So then I was able to let go of that fear and go ahead and do it. So you see, when this stuff creeps in, we have to be able to we have to be able to understand that we're going to be okay. We 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 can let go of things that we didn't know we could let go of. Because if I'm sitting there, right, and I go and I'm just having a regular conversation, and I go, okay, well, I have a two bedroom apartment in um, that I just moved to in the town where my son grew up because I was in the town next to him, even though I was five minutes away. So when he moved in with me to keep him in the same school and sports systems, I needed to move a town over really quick. So I did that. Now I'm in this two bedroom apartment. It's nice that it serves us. Um, and I'm going to risk that in order to start a business. Now on the surface level, like, no, man, like, or if somebody said, hey, you know, what if you, 
what if you lost your apartment? Oh my God, that would suck. You know, that's where it is on the surface because you're surfacely attached to it. But when you go below that, you start seeing like this stuff that we think is so important. It's not that important. Look at how many people lost their jobs um, and their businesses through COVID. I mean, people in the last two years have found ways to do things they never thought they could. And the ones that are leaning into it are actually finding better things. They're finding out if, if we are forced to lose something, then on some level it wasn't working for us. Why, why would the universe that wants us to expand or a loving God have something that's perfect for us, that's fulfilling, that could give us the most peace, happiness, and love in our lives, and then just pull it for no apparent reason? No, we're either going to find a way to make it work or we'll, we'll let go of it. One of the two. Either way, we're going to grow from it. And that's the point. We have to let go of holding on to everything. We hold on to everything like it's important. And basically nothing is. Nothing. There's nothing that's really important in this world except one another. That's it. Just love and one another. And when you drop into that pocket and you start living from there, what, what are you going to suffer over? What are you going to feel like a victim of? You know, what, what happens is you find out that you have everything that you need. You have everything you need. All the things that you really need, all the things that you think the house and the job and the car and the money and the friendship, um, the relationship with your partner that's no longer working, the relationship with your family that's no longer working, all these things that you're holding on to so tightly that don't work for you, that you're attached to, and you think are so important, are not important. They're not important because what you're doing is unconsciously, you think that they're going to give you happiness, peace. Love, joy, those are eternal principles. They do not come from things. They don't come from outside of you. Even relationships. You can't... Love is an expression of a relationship. You don't get love from a relationship. Love you get from within you. Now, if you're in relationship with somebody else and you feel love... That's because they're a good mirror for you. But that love you're feeling is coming from you out towards that other person and being reflected back to you. So you can't get love. You can't get peace. You can't get happiness. Everything that you really want that's really important, you can't get it from anything outside of yourself. You can't get it from anything that you're attached to. That's why you're suffering, because we're not in alignment with natural law. Natural law says that happiness, peace, love, everything that you need, everything that you yearn for comes from within you out. That's nature. That's just how it works. So if you're not doing that, you're suffering. If you're attached to these other things, you're suffering. If you're attached to all these other things and you don't think you're suffering, you're unconscious and suffering. <laughs> you, you haven't figured out who you are yet, <laughs> which is fine. It's okay. 
you know, just ride that as long as you can. I recommend. Um, <laughs> Cause you're just not ready when you're ready. You, you'll stop feeling this. You'll be like, Oh my God, I have all this stuff. And it's not making me happy anymore. See, that's another doorway in. So like, don't get hung up on the doorway in like, like um, a lot of times, you know, people, people demonize or point the finger at or think it's messed up when these celebrities or rich people like find spirituality because they're, 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 they're sitting there and they're, they're like, Oh yeah. You know, they, they have the house and, and all this stuff and, and all the fame and, and hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars and all this stuff. And yeah, of course it's easy for them to be spiritual. No, that's not how it happens. If they're truly spiritual, what happens is, yeah, they get all this stuff and they're like, oh my God, I feel empty. This is nothing. This doesn't do it for me. That doesn't mean that they have to go give it all away. That's not, you know, spirituality. <laughs> spirituality is not uh, living in a box wearing burlap bags. It's, that's not what it means. What it means is, is opening up your heart and finding out there's love there. All the love that you're seeking is there. It's inside of you. Everything that you need comes from within you up. And this attachment to all these external things is what distracts us from that. So you, you actually find out that everything that you need comes within you. These are eternal principles, love, peace, joy. They all come from within up. And when you live in gratitude for what you have, and, and you're not looking for things outside of you to fill you because that's what, that's why you're suffering. You're actually looking for these things that you're attached to, to make you feel a certain way. And they can't, you know, and, and it's the reason we get caught up in that is because you buy a, you buy a new car and, and, and you get this little burst of, wow, this is awesome. And it's momentary until you see a friend. Then they go, oh, my God, that's a cool car. Now, all of a sudden, you feel better for it a little while again. Then you see another new per person that hasn't seen the car yet. Holy crap, this car is amazing. Woo, I feel good. And that oscillates for a while, for, for a few weeks. <laughs> and we think happiness comes from that. No, man, it's, it's, it's illusory. It's momentary pleasure. It's not actual happiness. Actual happiness emanates from within. You have it. It's there. So, and when we live in gratitude for that, we can stay like that forever. You know, we'll still have our ups and downs, but basically we can stay contented forever. And then we can get a car and we can be like, wow, this car gets me around and makes my life so much more convenient. What a blessing. And we're just as happy with that car five years later than we were the day we bought it. We're pretty damn close. That's even keeled. This is what we're looking for. You know, and as you're in that pocket of gratitude and peace and contentment and love, then the universe just keeps bringing things in, matching that vibration, and you feel more grateful. And oh, yes, this is wonderful. And you share it because you're not attached to it. You see, so it's about like, we don't have to go find spirituality. 
we don't have to go learn spirituality. We don't have to go outside of ourselves and get spirituality. We don't have to become more spiritual. We're spiritual beings. It's our nature. And how do we get there? By letting go, letting go of our attachments, letting go. And then we drop into peace and contentment and love. See, this is the problem is, is we go looking for it. I want to go find happiness. Like what, you know, that's like looking for, you know, assuming you have both hands, that's like looking for one of your hands. Like what do you, it's, it's right there. Well, yeah, but I'm, I, I got to find it. That way I'll have two. You, you have two. It's right there. Stop looking. Well, it's got to be around here somewhere. Yeah, it's right there, dude. <laughs> like, so this is what I mean. We have to stop seeking and yearning and trying to find it. What we have to do is let go of our attachments. What do I think is so important? Oh, my situation isn't the way I want it to. Okay, I need to let go of that then. Well, I don't have the romantic partner that I can share my life with. Okay, then let go of that. Well, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Okay, let go of that. Now, that doesn't imply that you just don't take any action. I'm talking emotionally. I'm talking about the, the, the stress it causes you. Everybody is stressed out in this world. Stress is what we do when we misprocess something happening to us. Stress is not in things. Like you don't have a stressful job. There's no such thing as a stressful job. Because somebody is doing that exact same job and they're not feeling stress, but yet you're doing that job and you feel stressed. So it can't be the job. There isn't like a job... Uh, this job entails putting boxes away, labeling them, and stress. <laughs> like, there's no job description that says that. So stress is what happens when when we're either misaligned with the job that we're in. Because I mean, because then we're not supposed to be doing it, so it's never going to go well. Or we're resisting it. When we resist it, then it induces stress. Like, I'll never work in a fast-paced environment. Why? Because I'm not made that way. That's why. 90 million things going on, coming at me. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's just not. But other people, they thrive in that situation. Good. They should be in that situation. Because it makes them feel alive. Good. Then you do it. I'm not. <laughs> so... Yeah, the, the big thing is we don't have to find our spirituality. We need to let go of things. Whatever is blocking you from your peace and your happiness is an attachment to something. You think it should be some way. It's all suffering is resistance to what is. You know, there's your spiritual law. So, so like if you're, well, and it's everything. We're attached to everything. Well, my Netflix freaking show didn't come on like I thought it was going to let, let it go that's an attachment things aren't going the way you thought they would that's an attachment like this, see what I mean it's everywhere it's inundated in the way we think in every area the 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 grocery store had juice 
the flavor I liked last week and now they don't. What the hell? But we have conversations with people and they go, I know, don't you hate that? And it reinforces us. <laughs> yes, you should be suffering. They should have that juice. <laughs> we do it with everything. So let me, uh, I, I saw a couple comments come through here. Let's see. Uh, I'm aware I seem to suffer with things I can't control. I'm getting much better. I lean in and go to the serenity prayer and breathe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, things I can't control. And a, a lot of people, including myself, if they're big things and I can't control them, I don't really suffer that much with those because they're really big and it's very obvious that I can't control them. I suffer more with things that are small and that I think I might be able to control. Those are a bigger problem because then I try to control them. If, if it's, uh, you know, if it's some gigantic, huge thing, I look at it and I go, oh my God, there's no way I can control that. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to fix the COVID crisis, so I'm not worried about it. You know, <laughs> now that that's simple. It's too big. I can't control it. So, but the little things in my life, those are the things that I have a tendency to attach to. So those are the things I got to watch out for. And when I see, feel myself suffering, I have to go, ah, why are you suffering? You're attached. You're attached to a specific way. Let's see. Yes, Nancy, the difference between surrendering and giving up, that's a, that's a big one. Uh, I've just experienced a deep depression because of a loss. I felt it and worked through it. And now I'm on the other side. Thank you for your guidance, Glenn. Yeah. I mean, that, this is it. Like it's, you know, we can experience depression. We, ex we can experience pain. We can experience suffering, but like we, we need to go through it and we need to adopt these types of belief systems and understandings and these types of practices so we can work through these things. You know, it's like, the, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to say I have a pet peeve. I have a pet peeve that every day there is 15 people on social media that post about how they miss their loved one that died 30 years ago and they think about them every day. If that's actually true, you need to let it go. If somebody died 10 years ago, 15, 20, 30 years ago, let it go. People die. It's part of life. It's nature. Now, I understand there's varying things, you know, like, uh, of course, the loss of a child is going to be harder. Um, of course, we're never going to be the same after we lose somebody that we love. I get all that. It's okay. You know, that, that that's, there's a natural process. There's nothing wrong with grief. It's, it's, it's a process that we're supposed to go through, but we're supposed to go through it. We're not supposed to wave it on social media. Like it's a badge of honor. Like we must've really loved our loved ones because it's been 20 years and we think about them every day and our life is miserable because they're not here. If that's true, please get some help. We have this thing in society that like that death is unnatural. I don't know where that came from. 
you know, and I mean, I've lost a lot of close friends and um, some relatives. I haven't experienced some of the worst losses. You know, I know some people that have experienced worse losses than I've had. I have, but I've experienced a lot too. And it's just, you know, work through it when you can. And if it's recent and it's really painful, then just don't listen too closely to what I'm saying right now <laughs> because it's going to take a while. And the big losses that are, that are really deep, like in the beginning, you can't think about like, oh, it's going to be okay five years from now or 10 years from now or 15. Like you can't see that far ahead. You're immersed in your guilt and your, not your guilt, your grief. So I understand that. And that's fine. You know, like I understand that. I, I understand the grieving process and, and that it's different for everybody and all that. I get all that. It's, I'm just talking about the unnatural ways, the, the, the unhealthy ways, the ones that the people who are just hanging on to their grief because it makes them feel like they loved somebody, you know, like what, what would you do if the roles were reversed? That's how I usually try to get people to understand this. Like if, if you were the one that died, would you want to be sitting on the other side going, I hope they suffer every day of their lives until they die. And if they do that, then they'll prove to me that they really loved me. And I'm going to sit up here waiting. And if I catch them having a good time, I'm going to shove a lightning bolt up their ass. Of course not. Of course not. If you love somebody, you want them to be happy. We don't have to drag this shit around with us for 20, 30 years. You know, honor these people. And, you know, the beautiful thing is I'm, I'm honestly seeing that more and more nowadays. I have seen lots of people on social media that have lost loved ones that honor their loved ones. Like it moves my heart. They honor them with, with love and peace and joy and remembrance and happiness. And it, it's just, it, it moves me. It moves me. So there's the other side of my pet peeve. When people honor their loved ones that have passed recently or over time and honor them with, 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 with things like, thank you for being in my life. Things for like, I'm grateful. Things like that, you know, for having them. All this stuff, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh just passed. And, you know, I'm always careful as to what I post with, with that stuff. It's, I never want to bring, oh my God, it's so sad that he died. Why? Why is it sad that he died? I mean, did you know him personally? I mean, if you know him personally and then all of a sudden, or maybe if you didn't because he was a public figure that taught peace, love and compassion and all this beautiful stuff. And you want to feel a little sadness. All right. I mean, you know, I can understand that. You can, but it's not sad that he died. He was freaking 95. Like, what do you want from him? <laughs> he dedicated his entire existence to love and that's not enough. Like he's no, he's got, he's got to live 200 years and then maybe he can go and rest, you know? So let's let it go, man. Don't be so attached. Think things through. Does it make sense? Do I need to hold on to this? Uh, yes. Start asking what would love do? Yeah, this is, you know, this is what, what we need to do is we need to start 
asking ourselves empowering questions. And I think this is where I'm going to wrap it up. You know, ask yourself empowering questions. Like when you're in a situation, what would love do? You know, that's a, I, I don't know if it's a spinoff or not, but you know, what would Jesus do? So, it, you know, which is the same thing, in my opinion, what would love do or what would Jesus do? It's the same thing. So the point is, is that spirituality, which is eternal principles, which is love, peace, joy, happiness, contentment, all those things we desire and yearn for to have in our lives, you don't have to do anything to get them. You don't have to go acquire them. You don't have to fix your external circumstances to experience them. You don't have to do anything to find them. You don't have to read another book to, to find out what they are. You, like what you have to do is start letting go. You don't even have to go inside of you and get them. If you go inside of yourself looking for them, you still won't find them. Why? Because it's effort. You can't. You're already yourself. You can't go do something to become more of yourself. All you have to do is stop trying to be something else. That's it. You don't have to do anything to be a contented, peaceful ball of love. You don't have to do anything to achieve that. You just have to stop trying to be something other than that. When you stop trying to be something other than that, you'll just, it all, it'll all fall away. All these things that you're attached to, let them fall away. And then all of a sudden you'll be sitting there and you're like, oh my God, all I have in me, all, all I have left is love. All I have left is my natural state of being. That's it. How did I get here? Did I go somewhere to find myself here? No. Did I look for it? No. I just let go of the things that I was holding on to. I let go of the things that I thought were holding me back. I let go of the things that I thought were that I needed to move forward. I let go of who I thought I needed to be. I, I let go of the judgments about myself and others. I just let go of things. I just let go of things. And then they, they weren't with me anymore. And then the only thing that stayed was my natural state of being, just who I am. That's it. I'm just love. And that's where you'll be. So you see, you, you don't have to do anything. You are enough. What was that? I, you know, spirituality is the opposite of effort. So you don't have to effort. When you stop trying, you realize that you're already enough. You're enough. You're everything you're looking for, just as you are. Hope that helps. Rick, thank you, Glenn. Very helpful messages for the energies right now. There are many from all levels of consciousness who celebrate all the light work you're doing. Great job, eh? Thank you. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. So, all right, everybody. So, instead of trying to be more spiritual and, you know, to do things, just, just, let go of things, let them fall away and just land in yourself. 
you are enough. You know, you're good enough. You're, you're everything that you, that you want to experience. That is what you are. You're literally that. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I am off like a turtle hurdles. Looking for more? Check out over 200 episodes of Life Lessons and Laughter, or click the link in the description of this episode to connect with Glenn directly. 